Welcome back to another episode of On the Break here. I'm your host, Josh, the Vanilla Gorilla, with your main man, Kyle Beats, in the studio. And Beats actually stands for what his girlfriend did to him because he's sitting here with two black eyes right now. <laughs> so a little bit different. How's it going, Kyle? <laughs> I'm good, aside from the uh, two black eyes and potential broken nose. Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth on that, though. I don't want I don't want her to hurt me any more than she already did. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually just got elbowed playing basketball by a really terrible Euro step. Um, caught a fat, fat elbow to the nose. Didn't think much of it and woke up to a uh, just a hideous version of myself in the mirror the next day. And it's just ensued by me being a, a hermit the last few days because I'm extremely insecure about going in public. I'm mostly surprised that you played against a guy in a rec league that wasn't just shooting threes and actually tried to drive the paint. That's the most surprising thing to me about this to me. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, most these, yeah, most guys were just like pulling from 30, you know, nope, one pass tops, <laughs> 30 foot jump shot. We're going to settle. That's, it's our best option. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, it's, it's been pretty rough. I got my groceries delivered to my house today and I, uh, I went to drop my dry cleaning off to this new place. And I'm pretty sure this lady thinks I'm a serial killer because I walked in with my sunglasses on. And it was like partially <laughs> cloudy. And she was just getting all my info. And I could tell she was like waiting for me to take my sunglasses off. But I just went through the whole transaction without taking it off. This 80-year-old lady was terrified. Nice. Um, what is uh, So what's your, your job saying about it? So, yeah, now that I'm client-facing, they're not really thrilled about it. Um, I mean, it's like, sorry, I didn't – I got this on a – I was on a business trip when this happened, and I was playing with a friend. You know, I, I don't know what to tell my j job. It's like, sorry, I got fucking elbowed by this scrub trying to do a busted-ass Euro step. <laughs> um, have you have your guys seen it? Has, like, your boss seen it yet? Yeah, he said text me pictures or it never happened when I would try to request <laughs> time off. Um, and I sent him like four of them just to make sure, like, look how bad this is. And he was like, all right, dude, I fucking get it. That's hilarious. Yeah. We got it. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I'm not faking this. This is a real injury. I'm not Anthony Davis. I don't fake my injuries. Yeah. He, uh, did you, did you finish out the game with your black eyes or? Yeah. So I went out, I got the no the blood to stop bleeding and, uh, I went back in. So it was like 14 to eight when I left and we were playing to 15 and I went back in and. When it was like 14, 13, and I got a three busted on me. We fucking lost. It was your fault, man. I know. You got to learn to get that nose out of the way. Yeah, I was like LeBron, though. I went to the bench. All we needed was a bucket, and I come back in, and we lose. You should have done the – have like had them cart you off on the wheelchair like Paul Pierce and then <laughs> carry you back in. It was, it was Wade that came out on the wheelchair. Yeah, Paul Pierce I mean, was carried out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Paul Pierce was carried out with shit in his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to have to burn one of their wheelchairs. Um, man, we got a, we got not a whole lot has happened since our last episode, but we're going to have some mid season awards coming at you. And then some predictions for the all-star, uh, weekend. The biggest thing that has happened since, uh, we last talked was the GM of the Pelicans got fired. Yeah. Which I mean, I think it's hilarious because I'm watching ESPN today in between studying and it's like, you know, dramatic, huge surprise of Dell Dimps being fired. I'm like, wasn't, didn't everyone see this coming? Right. I mean, this has just been a shit show. Yeah, and like, I mean, how they did it take this long? Yeah, exactly. And they had said, I think they had said that they were going to fire him in the summer. Right. But this, this to me makes the most sense in that, like, get give your next GM that's coming in a chance to scout players and scout for the draft, right? Yep. Yep. Give that's exactly right. Stuff, but 
I think the real loser in this is going to be, or the un, the unfair person that it's going to affect is Alvin Gentry because he's just the coach in the uh, midst of this shit show. And he'll probably get fired at the end of the year as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, you. so the whole organization has just been bad from the beginning. Like they, the only real splash that they ever made with Anthony Davis there is, was Boogie, right? And really they traded away, they traded away a bunch of, a bunch of picks for a one-year loaner on Boogie and some players. They t- traded Tyreek Evans, I believe was in that. You had to know Boogie wasn't going to resign. That was just him going to a, a better situation to show his abilities. Yeah. Towards I mean, Achilles in the process, but that was the whole idea behind it. Yeah, and they, they hardballed him too after he tore his Achilles. They, <laughs> and they hardballed him and said, you shouldn't have tore your Achilles. Essentially, we're not going to offer you a max deal. And he said, I'll test free agency. But they didn't come back afterwards and when he was testing free agency and give him another offer. They just – Right, and that's an example of them being a terribly ran organization. And, I mean, look at their draft picks, aside from Anthony Davis, over the last eight years. I mean, it's just an absolute shit show. Yeah, dude, it's horrible. Since Anthony Davis was there, I actually took notes of it today. In 2013, they missed on, which is the draft after Anthony Davis, they missed on CJ McCollum, Giannis, Steven Adams, Schroeder, and Goldbear were all before. That's a good list. Yeah, that's a heck of a list. Who'd they take? Uh, Was that Nerlens Noel? Oof. That's bad, and he, yeah, yeah. he was because he was a top two or three pick. That is terrible. Um, but yeah, I think that is right because they thought, hey, we can pair these, you know, these two guys that are both from Kentucky, these big men. We can pair them. I mean, CJ McCollum played at Lehigh, so I get missing on him. But I mean, missing on a guy like Stephen Adams or somebody like that that you could have paired with AD is tough. Yeah, and they actually traded. They actually traded him for Drew Holiday um, to the Sixers. So that's not. No, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, but they but they missed on the back half of that. And Drew was really the only thing that they ever could get going. They I was looking at it, they were under the salary or under tenth best in the salary cap. They've stayed in the they've never hit the luxury tax since Anthony Davis has been there, which is crazy. Like, dude, you have to put some players around him, even that if that right. means going out and paying for another superstar. I think part of that is not being able to attract players to your market. I feel like what New Orleans would have to do is overpay a role player or give like a fringe, not even quite an all-star, a max co- contract. Basically that's what new Orleans would have to do to get that con- to that level of a salary. Uh, but man, this whole, just, everything just feels weird with new Orleans and I'm, I'm getting tired. Like I'm all for player empowerment. I'm all for this, you know, go do two, three, four year deals and do what makes you happy move around from team to team. But what Anthony Davis is doing is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't think he got hurt last night. I really don't. Um, no. I'm interested to see what the MRI or what they're going to say happened. Um, he looked perfectly fine. I mean, I've seen that guy act like he just got – like I, I've seen that guy react like he had a torn Achilles when he got kissed, basically, on a foul. Right. He's, he's very dramatic. And he wasn't showing any energy or emotion or, like, reacting like he was in pain last night. He was just like, well, oh, hurt my shoulder, I'm leaving, and just walked out of the building. Yeah. I mean, was Shaw, he, sorry, I was, say, was he getting a second opinion or what was happening there? Dude, I don't know. Um, they're going to come back with some dude that's like six foot two, an MRI of a six foot two shoulder and be like, yeah, he <laughs> tore his AC joint. We're going to have to have Tommy John surgery. You know? um, but they, it's, it's a bad situation because it's like he signed a max contract with them. He gave them right. his first four years with qualifying offers or his first three years. And then I think they signed him to an offer instead of a qualifying offer. 
once, dude, to me, that's like, if you can't put together a team that can at least compete, then you're gone. Then your superstar is gone. You got to put, if you have seven years of superstar, you got to put a team together that can compete. And the best thing that you put together can't be Drew Holiday or a one-year loaner on DeMarcus Cousins, right? 100%, 100% agree. I mean, I think we've, we've, alluded to it before. I mean, I think this is starting to show why the city might lose this franchise. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Seattle's in the market for sure. Um, if you're a free agent is new Orleans, is it, um, is it appealing to you? No, not at all. I mean, it's, even with Anthony, with Anthony Davis there, it's somewhat appealing with Anthony Davis gone. It's not appealing at all for sure. Yeah. No matter how much money they're going to throw at me. It's like, I still, unless you're just like Carmelo, you just want money. I'd rather get paid 25 to 30 million on a team that could compete versus 35 million in a market and with a team that I don't want to be in with a team that's not going to be able to compete. Yeah, for sure. And I, I asked because really the only, the only two places that are actually appealing to me are Miami and LA. Like that's the only places that I would want to play. Yeah, as as basketball I don't player. get the New York appeal, but I think that's because where we, where we're from in the country. Like when I was in Chicago, yeah. dude, I was acting like a bitch. I was so cold. And all the people from <laughs> Jersey, Connecticut, they were extremely comfortable this past week. And uh, I just feel like that's because of where we're from. I think New York is super appealing to a lot of these guys, especially with the, resources that New York gives you in terms of building your own brand. Cause these guys are basically operating. I heard it referred to on another podcast or something else I was listening to is basically single entities. It was Chris Bosch on Bill Simmons podcast. And he put it really well. He said, these guys are working for an entity, which is the NBA, but they're still their own separate entity with their, uh, their Instagrams their social media followings and all of their uh, endorsements. That's how these guys are looking at it. So New York gives you a lot of resources in that regard. Yeah, and I would argue that the NBA, more than any other league, gives you the ability to be a face, right? So like NFL is mo- is really the only more only um, sport that's more popular, maybe baseball. But the NFL, you have a helmet on all the time, you know? I couldn't go out there and pick out the best offensive lineman every single year. No, I, I mean, the only guys that are known are – you know, your, your, your Tom Brady's and Von Miller's and JJ Watts. But yeah, exactly. I would still argue that like, who's the most famous athlete in the United States right now for, for a long time to me, it was Tiger Woods. And Brady. Tom Brady might be in that conversation, but, but I LeBron. think, I think it's LeBron. Yeah, exactly. Cause he, you see his face everywhere, right? Exactly. You don't see him in some uniform with a helmet on. He's never in that. Like even Brady will be in that for some of his, uh, some of his advertisements. You don't see that with LeBron. He's got his face right there. Exactly. Uh, I do want to hit on those midseason awards real quickly. Just a few other things that are happening amidst the uh, the break here, and then rolling into All Star Weekend is uh, your Thunder made a pretty big move getting Markeith Morris, who got he got himself out of a terrible situation on a team that can compete. And I think he's a competitor, and I think he's going to fit their system really well. You bullish on that move, or dude? That's huge. That's the biggest move that they've made since they've gotten Paul George for sure. Um, yeah. I would bigger say that's bigger than Schroeder. I would, yeah, I would. Wow, I would say that that's definitely up there. It's at least with Schroeder, um, maybe bigger because a big issue that they have is three point shooting, dude. That guy's going to come in, be able to true. come off the bench and just drill shots. And he's big and he's strong. And he can play in the post. Like that's a huge pickup. Um, and he's already he's still being paid by the paid by the Wizards. So we paid him three point nine million. Paid him less than three million, dude. Steal. Yeah. 
that, yeah, I think it's going to be a good pickup for them. They'll fit into, you know, when they get to that eight, eight man, maybe nine man rotation in the playoffs, um, he'll fit. And I think he'll fit well if they're trying to compete with the Warriors, right? Because he can defend and shoot threes. You know, he's that perfect six, seven, six, eight wing uh, for yeah, this exactly. kind of era. And then he's, uh, he's going to go be what they want Patrick Patterson to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think he might be a little bit shorter and a little thinner, but he's more athletic uh, and, and, a better defender. He can guard a bigger range of people. He can guard probably two, three, and four. Right. Uh, and another big move that I liked was, I mean, I don't think it sends them over the top, but the Blazers getting in his cancer, I think that's a good sign. I think it makes them better. It's uh, post-presence you can bring. He doesn't play much defense, but he can score. The guy's a score. You bring him off the bench and he can get you, you know, 12 or 14 in 20 minutes. I think that'll help them down the stretch and in the playoffs, but it doesn't really send them over the top by any means. I love Cantor. Um, I I think so. Number one, he's a team first guy, like all the way. Um, number two is he does more than just put in fourteen to fifteen points. Um, he really spreads the floor from the five position. That's he true. can really knock down threes, and that's huge in today's NBA. So you're exactly right. He doesn't play defense. He's not the guy that you want out there switching screens, and he's really going to be somewhat of a liability on defense. But he works really hard at it, and he works to get better at it. So big, big time character guy. Um, I really, he's one of my favorite players in the league and that was big for Portland. I really wanted him for OKC again. Yep. Yep. I think it's going to be a big pickup. And I mean, they're, they're right in the thick of things right now. You know, you don't, you don't really realize it. You look up and I mean, they're 34 and 23. Yeah, they're number four, they're right? In the four in the seed. West. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, they're starting to be some separation between the Kings, I think, at nine and up. I think the Lakers are really heading in the wrong direction. At 10, I don't have a lot of optimism of them, them making the playoffs right now, but you don't you don't ever want to doubt LeBron. For sure, yeah. He, um, he can, he's proven that he can kind of do the impossible before. He's not going to win a championship, though, with that roster. I mean, I, they'll be lucky to get a seven or eight seed. Yeah, nobody's winning the championship outside of Golden State this year either. So, I mean. Yep, yep. Uh, and then I saw I, I don't I wish I had more information on it for the listeners, but it's something I want to dive into, and I encourage everyone to the jerseys of the future. Did you get a, Did you look at that? Adam Silver unveiled those. I did. Uh, I I did. Um, they can essentially change names and change numbers. Which what's their what's their plan with that? Like, how is that gonna? I guess how does, when, that, how does that help when Ron Artest changes his name to Metal World Peace? They don't have to buy another <laughs> jersey. Is that what we're going for? Or? Dude, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I, I need to look. I'll watch the video uh, before next episode on Adam Silver's presentation and see kind of what the thought process is there. I'm yeah. sure it was. I'm sure Golden State will be the first ones to get it because it was probably designed in, in Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I wonder. You would think that would had weight, maybe, but I don't know. And like, is that with it having electronics? Like, is it safe to sweat in? I don't know. Right. Exactly. That'll, that'll probably have a little bit of backlash. I don't know how it would work because like. Dude, these these guys are creatures of habit, you know. I even changing from home to away jerseys in high school was a little bit weird for me, you know, um, just because they had a different feel. I can't imagine them going from the the jerseys that they have now to a brand new jersey with a different feel and not having some sort of backlash. There was a couple Absolutely. of 2009, 2010. They came out with a new basketball that was supposed to be better, and it ended up just flopping. Like nobody liked it, you know. Yep. So. Um, I can't imagine that they're going to have to do a really good job on these jerseys and making them feel very similar. Yeah, I, I, to be determined. I think they're not releasing them for another year, anyways. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see 
you uh, want to dive into these kind of midseason awards? See yeah. if uh, see what we agree on, if anything. Yeah, for sure. I don't think we're uh, going to. <laughs> you, want, you don't think we're going to? I got at MVP. least one that will will yeah. agree on. I was going to say rookie of the year. You have somebody yeah. besides Luca? No, no, you're right. You got Luca. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you have for MVP? So I'm torn between this. I'm going to say Harden because he's the, he's. I'm going with what historically. So there's two ways to look at this. Also, are you saying most valuable? Like who I truly think is most valuable, or who I think is going to win it? Because who wins it is MIP, most impressive player. That's who they continue to give it to year after year. We had the most impressive season. So if you're asking me that, I think they're going to give it to James Harden, no brainer, because he's been the most consistent. What is it? What is he up to? 31 games over 30 now. Yeah, it's something crazy. I mean, he's the most impressive season. It's not even close. And his team's fifth in, in the West. I'll probably finish right there or even a little higher. They're trending up because uh, there's a report now. So Capella and Chris Paul are going to be supposedly 100% after All-Star break. So James Harden's done a great job of putting them Chris in. Chris Paul is too? Yes. Yeah. That's big. So he's put them in a pretty good position with those guys out. So I'll be interested to see. I think it's James Harden, but I will say – there's only two other people in the conversation for me right now. And I'm taking Steph out, which is hard because he might be having the best season of his career, but he's yeah. just on such a good team. It's it's like, I don't know what any of these guys would do in that situation either with all those other players around. I think it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, so I would have a strong two with Giannis and then Paul George has worked his way up there for me and he would be my number three. Okay. Yeah. I feel you. If So if you had – Eventually, when we get our votes for MVP, right? Because we're going to be part of the AP. <laughs> Eventually, when we get our votes for MVP, you're putting it towards Harden, right? Yes, I'm putting it towards Harden. But if you ask me the true definition of who is the most valuable player to their team, I think you could make an argument for Giannis. Oh, for sure. Um, you could also make a pretty good argument for Harden. What's what's the the award? If you had your way, what would be the award be for you? Who added the most wins to their team. So if you, if I, if I supplement my MVP with any other player in the NBA, that team did not have as good of a season. If you took that player off the team, what would their, what, what would their team be like? Right. So LeBron yeah. should have won in the last 14 years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, still this year because he had them in like the four seed before he got hurt. <laughs> he did. Um, yeah. I think that's what I like too, but I think also you can't like, I couldn't. I couldn't give it to a eight seed who got their team to an eight seed. You know, I like. I. Could, I. I don't know if I could just do it. I think. I, I think it would have to be in the top four seeds, unless the dude was just unbelievable. Like yeah. if Harden was in an eight seed, I might consider giving it to him. And there's yeah. nobody else really. We had that um, discussion earlier, and you said you said that you think it should be a top four or five seed. Justin doesn't care where they're seated at all, and I fall in the middle. I think you have to be a playoff team. I think you have to make the playoffs, but you don't have to be a four or five seed, but you can't be on the like the 13th seed and be MVP. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's. And that'll never happen either. Right. Um, I would say that 99% of the world besides Justin agrees with us on that. Um, <laughs> but so for me, it's hard to look away from Harden's 36.6 points per game this year. Um, geez, dude, that's crazy. But I think mind you that between Giannis and Paul George is the way that he's been playing recently. He's had like two forty games in the past week. Yeah, but uh, sometimes Paul George is – and I, I'm really curious to see what he does in the playoffs because he's historically not performed in the playoffs. And he's been phenomenal this year, and I'm a huge Paul George guy. But there is still those games where you're like, what the fuck, dude? 
Like last night, he was three for 17 from three. Like, stop fucking shooting threes. You know what that is? It's because he has a shitty coach. That's why sure. it is. Sure. It's because he's t- like, look at the shots that Kevin Durant gets or the shots that Steph Curry gets. And then yeah. look at the shots that Paul George is taking. That's why I disqualified Steph. He gets open, he gets warm up shots. Dude, exactly. So, like, you, if you watch Paul George play, his shots are like falling away floaters with a seven footer, like right in his grill. Picking his nose. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's crazy the things that he's doing. So, I, that's why he's, if it were in a vacuum, if he was getting good shots, it would be Harden or Giannis far and away. But because he's doing that stuff, because he has such a crappy system that he's in, I might, I might, Paul George is up there for me. I think I'd still give it to Giannis, but Paul George, dude, it's close between him and Harden for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I also think there's a factor in my mind that like the Thunder to me are their only real competition to the Warriors in the West. And that's because of Paul George. So that, that adds a layer to me there. Yeah. This Marquise Moore signs big. Paul George doesn't need to take 17 threes anymore when you <laughs> yeah. when you get a shooter out there. Hopefully it keeps um it keeps that on the pick and roll. Hopefully it keeps that um big honest. Like right. because exactly. you have the problem that you run into with Patrick Patterson is on the role that they have with Steven Adams, it's okay to kind of cheat off of Patrick Patterson. He's gonna be able exactly. to exactly leave Marquise well. Morris open. He, I mean yeah, he's probably exactly. a 35, 36% three point shooter. I mean he's formidable. Yeah, um, he's having a he had a bad year this year, but um, historically, yeah, historically he's been a lot better. Um, give me a second. As a matter of fact, I think I saw that he was only shooting like thirty three percent this year, which is yeah, he's yeah he's shooting thirty three point three percent, and he's thirty four for his career, which isn't great, but it's pretty good for a big man. But the previous two years, he shot thirty seven and thirty six. Yeah, exactly. So. so. In field goal percentage is pretty good, and free throw his free throw uh, percentage is solid too, which I think is a pretty good indicator of your shooting abilities. Like he shot 84, 82, and seventy eight the last three years. Like that's pretty big. solid. That's big, um, especially for a team like the Thunder that's really struggling from the free throw line. So that's that's really big, and that would be big within the closing minutes of the game. He's also taking a little bit uh, a little bit heavier load this year with John Wall being out. So um, he's shooting he's shooting similar. Um, Field goal attempts. However, you can just tell when you watch them play that they're rotating through him more, and therefore the defense is keying on him a little bit more. Yeah, and he's not getting easy shots either because of that terrible system of an offense that he's in. Yeah, dude, that's bad. They might be the only team worse than the Thunder's off system, but um, they're tough. Um, I really, really, really like, like I said, Paul George. I, I can't give it to him though. I think I have to be good to be honest. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, they're the best. He's the best player on the best team in the league, and there's no other all stars on his team. If you put it that way, it's. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, you're disrespecting my boy, Chris Middleton. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh shit! There's no other elite players on his team. I guess. <laughs> first time all star. Yeah, first time. Um, so, you know what's funny is Russ isn't even in the conversation. I think just because of his, because of his field goal percentage, quite frankly, and the points are down a little bit. But he's averaging eleven and eleven, like. Dude's averaging a triple-double still, and I, I'm just tired of the padding stats hatred. It, I mean, if you get subbed into a game to get an additional rebound, that's a little of a f- kind of a fuckery move that would bother me a little bit. But if it's so easy to pad your stats, why don't other guys get 11 rebounds at 6-3? Yeah, I agree. Um, Kobe had a really, really good um, a really good quote about it the other day. He said that, saw that whenever people start discounting what you're doing, that's when you're being excellent. Yes, Yep. So, and that's that's what's happening with Russ. Like he's averaging eleven triple straight double, triple bro. doubles. Eleven straight triple doubles. He broke Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan's records for 
triple straight triple doubles. Like, dude, he's doing crazy things, and people just don't think about it. It was a forty-four point efficient triple double last night as well. Yeah, and a loss to the Pelicans, which is just a shit show. But my favorite stat for everyone that wants to bitch about Russ padding the stats, and he's he's not a team guy. The Thunder eighty have an eighty-two percent win percentage over the last two and a half seasons when Russ has a triple double. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's that's higher than the win percentage of the Golden State Warriors over the last yeah. two and a half seasons. So don't tell me that Russ's pants stats being selfish. He's impacting, and he said this in an interview, he impacts the games in so many different ways, more so than any player. And he because this league has so much talent, he's probably not even a top six player. Yeah. He's probably a top eight guy, you know, yeah. top nine, because this league has so much talent. And that's because his, his field goal percentage has dropped off. Speaking of field goal percentage, um, my pick for MVP is currently averaging 58% from the field. Um, 27 points, 12.7 boards, and six assists per game and 1.4 blocks a game. Well, when you have go-go, go-go gadget arms, you can just drop the ball in the hole. It's not that hard. Dude, Inspector Gadget is envious of that dude's arms. <laughs> like, that dude has the longest arms I think I've ever seen. Um, Seeing it in person is really fucking crazy, too, because he handles the ball like a guard. He just, like, takes two steps, and he's at the rim. I think that's what the guy fucking elbowing me was trying to do, but it just looked <laughs> terrible. And I yeah. ended up on the ground. Dude, I tried to – God, I tried to I tried to be, like – I don't want to say, like, tough, but I was, like, trying to not act like it wasn't a big deal. But in my head, I was like, God damn it, I should have stayed at home. I, like, wow, skipped the, I skipped the team I skipped free team dinner to go get my – Pay twenty dollars, <laughs> broken. It's like, God damn it, dude! I I might have to just hang it up. It's time, maybe equivalent to Paul Paul Pierce pooping his pants. It's just <laughs> when was that? Well, he still had a couple of good runs after that, right? Yeah, he he came back. After I have that. a couple of good pickup games left in me, but it's it's clearly the end. It's probably not the end until you poop your pants, and then you got about two more years, three more years, then you'll be good. Speaking oh, of pooping Lord. your pants. How do you feel about the Taco Bell skill challenge? <laughs> We're not quite there yet, but man, could you had picked a worse sponsor for that? The, the, what's funny is they actually have to eat three bean burritos before they do it and see who, <laughs> who can not shit first. <laughs> That's the real Taco Bell skills challenge. Actually, Yo, my wife and I had... Win. He's like, do you know what they eat back in my country? <laughs> like rat. Um, my wife and I had the Taco Bell skill challenge for Valentine's Day yesterday. So we got, we took out some Taco Bell and then tried our skills out later. You're such such a romantic. Dude, I hope she doesn't hear this. She's going to hate me for saying this one. Um, Do you get a solid solid Valentine's dinner for like $6 at Taco Bell? Not the way I eat Taco Bell, baby. You're on your way. Dude, I said, you get whatever you want, baby. You can have off the premium value menu. (laughs) If you want to order that steak burrito, hit up that steak burrito. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh Lord, sorry, my friend's dog just jumped on jumped onto my bed, and he's just <laughs> right now, um, dude. So, rookie of the year. I mean, do we really need to discuss that? I mean, is there is there anyone besides Luca that's even close? No. Uh, the conversation not. better conversation is who's second. Probably Aiden. DeAndre DeAndre Ayton in my eyes. Yeah. yeah. He's in a bad situation, but he's performing well. Dude, um, he is. Luca's uh, just gen- generational, and I, I'm, he's growing on me day by day, game by game, and seeing him in person. I, I'm to the point now where, if I'm looking at longevity, I'm going to own a franchise for for the next ten to fifteen years. 
there's not a single player in the NBA that I would trade Luca for, except maybe AD. But I mean, with his shenanigans and injuries, it's like I don't know. I, I wouldn't trade him for Ben Simmons. I don't know who. My dog is literally harassing me. I don't know who I would trade him for. Uh, maybe would you trade trade him for the rights to Zion Williamson? Are you kidding me right now? No. Do you, you legitimately? Why are you not high on Zion? I, I am high on Zion. So let me he... let me flip the script. The only two players in the NBA that I would that I would not trade for the right to Zion Williamson is Anthony Davis and Luka Doncic. I would trade Ben Simmons, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant for the rights to Zion. Dude, you'd be hanging out in a room with Daryl Demps after a couple <laughs> of years. Uh, um, he crushes balls with his fingertips. God, dude, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. Did, did you see the video of him deflating the ball? No. What happened? That's not he def- he that's not that. translatable skill. A gorilla can crush a ball with the fingertips. You can't tell me that he'll beat me in basketball. I mean, that's a true statement, but I mean, dude, I mean, that strength has to translate somehow. Like, I think it's safe to say he will be, he will be the strongest player in the NBA next year. Not one of the strongest. I think he is the strongest player and his recovery ability. You saw that block he had on that three point shot. He's going to be a great defender. He doesn't have the offensive skills that he needs to play the wing and he's not big enough to play the power forward. He is big enough to play the five. He's, he's not tall enough to play the he's power forward. He's big enough to play the five. Don't even give me sorry. If you're saying he's not big enough to play the four, it's like, what you just talking about? Markeith Morris playing the four? They're the yeah. same height. They're not. Markeith Norris is not going to be a superstar, though. You're telling me that you're telling me that Zion's going to like. Okay. So it's different between being able to like stick yourself in the system as a four and then also control a game as a four. I'm trying to think of six eight fours right now, and I'm having a really hard time. But you can throw out Draymond. God, he's six five. Is he six five? He like, listen to like six six or seven, but he's short. Charles Barkley is the only player that at that size that has been able to historically be great at the at the power forward, and he had a he's thousand times more. Yeah, he's six four. Yeah, that's tiny um, for a power forward um, in the NBA. But it, the strength factor, the strength factor matters. I mean, I guess it fits to that era a little bit more. Like Zion is twenty years too late. Oh, for sure. And also, Charles had that nice turnaround jumper. He could knock down a three. He could knock down an 18-footer. I don't see much of that from Zion. I think Zion's a better shooter than you're giving him credit for. Uh, Giannis can't shoot. Ben Simmons can't shoot. And Zion has just as much freakish athletic ability as either of them. Giannis has a 7-foot-14 wingspan. Like, he has almost – 7 7-foot-14 or an 18? Yes, dude. It, no, it's a 7-foot-14 wingspan. Um, he has, like – his. His wingspan is so much it's bigger seven, than Zion's. It's seven I, three. Seven three? Yeah. So I, I was obviously exaggerating when I said seven foot fourteen, but what I mean is like he's so much longer and bigger I mean, than Zion's a six ten. That's not yeah, five inches. I that's actually it. pretty that's actually a pretty big wingspan for uh, what is he, six six? Six six seven and a half. Six seven and a half. That's probably yeah. with shoes on. Um well they're listening to six eight some places, six seven. And then anywhere from 279 to 288. So, I mean, big as, big as fuck. So, he is shooting 29% from college three. That's extremely alarming. Um, 67% from free throw, another kind of red flag number. Uh, 68% from the field, which is nice. And he's averaging 22, 22 and nine. Yeah, he was shooting. I think that's just from the last few games. He's had a couple of, like, not as good games. He was shooting, like, 80% from the field. But they're all dunks and layups. He's got a nice little like pseudo floater that's like 
not quite a layup because he's not quite at the rim, but it's like three or four feet out. But he doesn't have like he doesn't have the skill set to make somebody honest. He's also and playing he twenty nine minutes a game and getting twenty two points and two two blocks and two point three steals. And they have the tenth hardest schedule in the country, so he's playing good talent. I don't have a question about his like defense at all. We'll, we'll just wait till next year when we're doing these midseason awards and Zion Williams is as much of a clear cut winner as Luca. So <laughs> I don't. I think that Zion's a top three pick. I wouldn't take him over R.J. Barrett or John Morant. I would take John Morant number one based on what I saw last night because yeah. I watched I watched the highlights of him last night. I would take John Morant number one. Um, I know that sounds crazy, dude. You have to go back and watch it. He blocked a shot where a guy drove hard left at the top of the key, and he was about fifteen feet, fifteen foot uh, mid range jumper on the baseline, and he went to block it with one hand, and he missed it, and he still was in the air long enough to come back and block it with the other hand. And send it oh about God. 15 rows. I w- I've never seen anybody do anything like that. Uh, I think his vertical is higher than Zion's, too. Like, that dude has, like, a 50-inch vertical. He weighs, like, 30 pounds. So, like, you only have to have adult male calves to get yourself up in the air like that. But <laughs> And my, my real – well, my real concern is he plays in the Ohio Valley Conference where Zion plays in the ACC. So, Zion's strength of schedule is – 10 point 10, 10, number 10 in the country out of 355 teams. John Morant's is 288. That's, that's a huge red flag. So I would probably take Zion, but I think Ja has maybe pushed himself over Radish or Barrett. Yeah, I would take, uh, so here's how I would draft. I would draft John Morant one, Barrett two, and Zion three, and then Radish four. Um, God, I can't hope, I cannot wait for you to choke on those words, man. I mean, Zion is going to be the truth. My, my project, my prediction for Zion Williamson next year, I'm going to go 23 points, 10 rebounds. Oh my God. And three blocks. You know that nobody's done that except for nobody's ever done that. Shaq, maybe 23 and 10 and three blocks. Ever done that. He's the combination. He's the combination. To me, he's the combination of LeBron James and Shaq. Because he, he is as good of a shot as LeBron did when he came in the league. I'm about to drop him out of the lottery just to piss you off. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to draft some tweeners from Murray State College before that just to piss I think you he off. Could, I think he could also be the, the number one overall pick in the NFL also as tight end. I think his skills are probably more translatable to the NFL than they are at NBA. He can't catch um, balls, though, because he'll crush them. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, oh man. man, where are we at? Mid-season awards here, so he's done rookie of the year. I hate this show. I'm about to quit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, what about most improved? I know that's something you're you're pretty big on. I think I'm going to surprise you with this because mine's maybe. I mean, my player's already a superstar, and I would still say he's most improved. Who's your most improved player this year? I want to go back to this Zion Williamson and things. Let it go. Um. Pascal Siakam. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. If I'm actually look, if I'm really thinking about it, I'm, I was going to say Paul George just because the way he's playing. Dude, he's, I, I actually considered that. Right? Uh, another guy I would look at is D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. He's, he's really awesome opened his too. game up and, and proven that he maybe should have been a top three or four pick as he was. He Yeah, he just needed a little bit of time to, like, get his head straight. Sometimes we have so much uh, 
expectations for these kids that are 19 years old or Zion's like 14. I don't know what he is, but um, <laughs> Zion's 37. We, we expect he looks like a 37 year old. That's why I wouldn't take him in the first pick is because he looks like freaking Greg Oden. And anytime <laughs> you take a person that looks like Fred Sanford, you're you're gonna lose. He's also out. had zero injuries in his career, and Greg Oden had like five injuries coming into the NBA. That is true. But does I he think look Zion like Zion is like LeBron, but way bigger and stronger? Yeah. He's uh, gonna, less, all it's going to take is him like shattering a backboard and jump. He'll like jump over Giannis one day and you're going to be like, okay, I'm sold. You know how many points you get whenever you shatter backboard? Ooh. Well, it depends on if it goes on or not. <laughs> if he jumps over, if he jumps over Giannis, will you finally give him credit? <laughs> no, I want to see <laughs> for the way that you're gassing him up. I want to see him average at least. I would be surprised if he averaged 20 points a game next year. Yeah, I'm talking a lot of shit. Well, if he plays in the Knicks, Tim Hardaway did it. If he plays in the Knicks, he might average 50 points next year. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, uh, but you know who's – yeah, yeah. Siakam's uh, a good pick. I really like that. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is up there for me too. He was already good last year, but he's he's really stepped his game up, and I think he'll get good money in the offseason. He is Otto Porter Jr., Maybe, and he has a higher – not a higher ceiling. He's Otto Porter Jr. is going to fuck around and take the Bulls out of the bottom three. I know, man. He has really opened his game up. You and Justin were right. I was I was kind of knocking him. Uh, the Duke can ball. I really like him a lot. Um, I would have definitely loved to get him in front of, instead of Marquise Morris. Um, oh, but, yeah. dude, that guy, that guy, like, he's the perfect role player. He's exactly what you want. He's going to lock down defensively. He's going to knock down corner threes, and he knows how to move without the ball. He somehow learned how to move without the ball in freaking Scott Brooks' system. So put him into a good <laughs> system and see what he does. I think he could be your fifth best player on a championship team. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh let's look at kind of wrap up these midseason awards. The most improved team or most surprising team, better way to say it, excuse me, most surprising team and the most disappointing team. I think the most disappointing is is a little easier for me at least. Uh it's all relative to expectation, but I really thought the Suns would be a little better this year, and they are just so awful. I mean, they're just tanking at this point. But they're, I mean, the Grizzlies have twelve more wins than them. And the Grizzlies are fourteenth in the West, uh, and I would think I would say the Lakers are a close second because of expectations. Once again, yeah, I have the disappointing team. I might go Rockets. Um, they're the fifth seed. They are the fifth seed, but they were supposed to be by far the second best team in the league. Right, but they've also not had Capella and Chris Paul. So, I mean, if they fin- I think they could finish third seed pretty easily. Yeah. Um, Nuggets, Nuggets are my most surprising team, which I was about to say. Nuggets are – I think they're going to finish second, man. Yeah, Nuggets, Nuggets was my second most surprising team. But the most surprising team for me, really before, pre-injury and post-injury for Victor Oladipo, is the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers no. are still better than the Celtics, and Victor Oladipo has been out for 10 games at least now. Yeah, really? They're, yeah. Where are they at? They're number three still? They're number three still. Yeah, they're ahead of the 76ers and the Celtics by a game. Dude, the Celtics need to get their stuff together. There's That team has – I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten. They're playing better. That team has arguably the second best team in the league. Depth-wise, maybe. But, I mean, starting lineup to me is the Sixers. It's Sixers, sure. sure but depth-wise. Um, and a yeah. lot of it depends on Gordon Hayward. Didn't he have like a 35-point game the other night? Yeah, I mean, he looks good like once every six weeks. Yeah, that's true. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem with where he's at. Yeah, I you could also make an argument. 
as far as uh, most disappointing team for the Wizards, given how – I mean, I think – and we're, we're, we'll, we'll do a end-of-the-year recap of the dumb shit we said, cause, and that'll be a long episode for everybody. Uh, but I had the Wizards <laughs> finishing second in the East. They're Dude. currently 11th and have traded Markeith Morris – Otto Porter and John Paul Torres Achilles at his house for Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker is what they ended up getting oh, dude, for dude, Bobby Portis. That guy is fucking, that guy's a weirdo, man. Yeah. He like came out and said, Oh, I love the bulls. Uh, they're first class organization. They do everything the right way in an interview. And then tweeted like an hour later, he's like, the bulls really screwed me over in this. Journey. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? I didn't see that. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, not everyone stays up on Bobby Portis news. I mean, he's not on my he's not, I don't follow him on Twitter or anything like that. I need to, I guess, but um yeah, dude, they they are the most so instead of the most disappointing team, I'm putting them in the most disappointing franchise. Cuz they yeah. couldn't even blow up their multiple all what should be multiple all-stars. They couldn't even blow up that right, you know? So and get pieces of that. And they're just letting Scott Brooks hang around. Uh, last yeah. person I would consider, I'm still going to go with Paul George for most improved, but Darren Fox is up there as well. He's really stepped his game up and shown that I think he's he's going to be an all-star. He's going to get it next year, I think. Most improved. Most improved? Yeah. I think yeah, like I have, really take that leap to like a 24-point score. Oh, yeah, dude. I have him scoring more than 25 next year. 25 he's and that, 8 is what I have. Seven, 17 and 7 right now. Yeah, 17 and 7 with 1.7 steals. Uh, and he's shooting 46%. From the field, 37 from three. Uh, he's played all 56 games. That's, I mean, 31 minutes. You really can't ask for more out of a 20-year-old, 21-year-old. He's going to average 25 and eight next year and dunk on Zion Williamson. He's not going to dunk on Zion. <laughs> Zion Williamson could literally crush his skull with his fingers. God dang That's how that works. He's about to – man. Nothing. Never mind. Keep let's, going. Let's talk about the Taco Bell skills challenge. I'm really, like, intrigued by – this lineup because some of it makes sense, right? Like Luca, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Mike Conley, and De'Aaron Fox. Why are Kyle Kuzma and Nikola Vucevic in it? Like we couldn't get better ball handlers in the mix. <laughs> we just did. trying to give the big man some love. I think they just try to give the big man some love. Was it last year that they just had nothing but big men in there and Carl Anthony Towns ended up winning it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He did. Maybe yeah. Jokic is in there, which makes sense. Like Jokic is highly skilled to me. Did Jokic win it last year? No, he was. Who won he, it last year? Was, actually, was it Jokic? I think it was. No, it was. Porzingis won it two years ago. I remember <laughs> yeah, that. That was like, what it was. That was what yeah. it was. Um, it was. Some seven foot four and white dude that's not supposed to win a skills challenge. I wonder if they have like a historical winners for Taco Bell skill challenge. Let's take a look at this list. Hopefully, Taco Bell has only sponsored this for one year, and that will that will be it for the rest of mankind. Spencer Dinwiddie won it last year. Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie. Christoph Porzingis, Carl Pat Anthony Towns. Three years ago. Patrick Beverly won it because there was an official on the sideline. He tore out his ACL. He just oh. ran over there and undercut him. Oh, yeah. No, that's what he did to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> that, sound, that sounds believable, though. Sounds, that sounds real, right? I'm somehow, pretty sure it was Patrick Beverly's relative that elbowed me in the face. <laughs> somehow Trey Burke and Damian Lillard tied in 2013-2014 with 45.2 seconds, both of them. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Trey Burke's actually looked pretty nice uh, with the Mavs jersey on. He shot well. But, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a winner here, I'm going to lean towards Luka because um, I'm going to be a homer here. But I also think uh, 
I also think this fits Trey Young's skill set really well because nobody's playing defense. <laughs> like, I think Trey Young's really good, but when no one's defending him. I got Tatum. Yeah, he can kind of do it all. But now, I mean, I can't name the skills challenge off the top of my head, but I know it involves a three-point shot. I know it involves a pass into a, you know, a small circle, right? Uh, There's a layup or a dunk involved, which isn't really anything. You have to kind of weave with your handles. So, I mean, it really comes down to speed, shooting, and passing. Trey Young's the smallest of all them, possibly the best shooter in an open gym. And he's a good passer too, so that's why I'm leaning there. I think Luke is a, Luke is Tatum, Young. I think those are all solid picks. Yeah, what really gets people here is the three point shot. Like that's why I don't have Vucevic uh, winning it. Yeah, but I mean, you like Jason Tatum over Trey Young on the three point shot? I mean, if he hits one, it's over. You know, it's like, true. They're all NBA players. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, like, that's why I'm not picking Darren Fox because. Like, he's by far the fastest of them. He's a really, really good passer, too. He won't have any problem except for the three-point shot. Connolly um, is old. Most likely get hurt when he's running the court. Um, Jokic is going to have trouble with the three-point shot, maybe. And he's just not fast enough to really do it. A lot of times, this one's kind of obnoxious to me because you can tell that these guys aren't trying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, they're kind of jogging through it. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm like, like, Kyrie was doing it one time. I was like, he would smoke this if he was actually trying. Yep. Yep. I think that that'll be interesting. Uh the Rising Stars game, I think, actually already started. Yep. I'm interested to see where that where that finishes at. I want to see Ben Simmons. I have a recorder. I want to see Ben Simmons and Luca on the court together. The dunk contest, as Charles Barkley said yesterday, is you might need uh you might need some name tags for everybody in here because it is a it's Dennis Smith Jr., uh Diallo, John Collins, and who's the Who's the fourth guy? My guy, Miles Bridges. Who oh, I yeah, Miles Bridges. Yeah, I think it's going to be him or DSJ. Yeah. DSJ's – man, I'll tell you that that iconic play last year where he stole the ball on the uh, – it was against the Blazers, and he yeah. stole it, bounced it off the ground, and dunked it. I was sitting with, in the 100s in the, uh, the Justin McCormick section, and, yeah. uh, dude, that guy's head was above the rim, and he's like 6'2", 6'3". It was yeah, dude. crazy. He's got some crazy athleticism for sure. I, I really want to see them get back to superstars in this thing. I Me think too. that's when it's at its best. Or at least like people that you know their name. Like Zach Levine was I was about to say, so let's let's be hypothetical there. Who would you who would you want to see it in this year if you had your way? Uh, Zach Levine's in there for me too. Yeah, I put Zach Levine in there just because he's done done so awesomely. I would put Aaron Gordon back in there again. Yeah, Terrence um, Ross is pretty good. He's I think he messed around and won it a couple of times. Aaron Gordon had the best showing of all time. I truly believe that. And yeah. the, the only reason why well, he didn't yeah. win was because Levine, like, Levine went before him and had a really good dunk and got a 50. And then Aaron Gordon went after him and did – jumped over the freaking mascot. He jumped over the mascot, and the mascot was on a freaking Segway and went underneath his butt with the ball – like underneath him with the ball and then hit and then uh reversed it and they gave it a 50 because it's the highest score they could give you know i would have been i would have grabbed somebody else's and given him a 20 on my score alone you know so <laughs> the reason why he didn't win that is because zach Levine went first and they gave him a 50 because that was the highest score they could give and he did it's that. funny as the expectation changes because like when vince carter did what he did in like 2000 2001 it was the biggest thing ever 50 guys in the league can do that now. There's guys yeah, exactly. there's guys at Gold Gym that can do that. That was a like the one of the best dunks of all time. Like 
he did a 360 windmill. Like we see those in games now, you know, yep. it was a hell of a windmill, but the, uh, the three point contest, I think they got it right though. They have, I mean, Clay's not in it, but they have most of the elite shooters in there. Uh, Dirk's in there, which is very questionable, but I mean, look at this kidding. lineup. We got, you got Devin Booker. You got the Curry brothers, both Seth and Steph, Danny Green, uh, Joe Harris from the Nets. You got Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard, your boy, Chris Middleton, uh, Kimba and Dirk. So it's a, it's a pretty solid lineup. Yeah. Buddy Heald's my, my dark horse for sure here. Um, okay. I also wouldn't be surprised if I saw if Danny Green started lighting it up. Um, but my, I mean, your favorite's got to be Steph, right? You favorite's got to be Steph. Yeah. My my dark horse is Seth. Okay. Because he's motivated? Yeah, because, he, because he's like, everyone's out there having fun, just, you know, g- giggling and everything, having a good time. A lot of these guys are all-stars. They're just get, talking shit. And Seth's just going to be like listening to some like dark, dark music. Like, here <laughs> With all of his younger siblings. Is he the younger sibling? Angst? Like he is. He's going to grab one of Seth's, or Steph's balls and like lube it up with Astroglide so that he misses it. <laughs> to ruin his brother's career. Yeah, exactly. He hires Patrick Beverly to come out of the stands. <laughs> Patrick Beverly's dressed up as a mascot and just kicks in his ACL. <laughs> so Seth's your guy here. Uh, or is your dark horse here? Yeah, I got I mean, Stefan's easily the best three-point shooter out of all these guys. Not even close. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, if if you if I had to pick one to win it, I'd probably put it on Danny Green and Buddy Hill to be my dark horse because Stefan's been in this a couple of times. He's never won it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of it comes to comes down to getting hot. And, like, we've seen Danny Green get really hot before. Yeah, for sure. They're also going to not let – it would take him too much time for Stefan to do 14 dribbles between his legs and a step back three on each ball. You know, that's where yeah. he's at his hottest. He needs three minutes so he can shimmy like an asshole in between every single <laughs> yeah. one. If the contest was who can drill the most threes in a seven footer's face, it'd be Stefan. Yeah. But, uh, it's not. So they're just going to let Steph shoot. And then in between each one, just show Riley Curry for 30 seconds, which no one can <laughs> talk about and then come back to him. Right. Uh, they have, they have shot away from that, which has been nice. It, it has been nice. Let's look at these all-star rosters. Obviously, it's the, the big week, and we've talked about all the uh, kind of skills games and competitions, and we talked last time about the Rising Stars, which, like I said, I got that recorded. I'll watch that after this, which I'm really excited for. But the all-star game uh, with the new format of the drafting is more intriguing to me. I think guys try a little bit harder. And looking at these rosters, I mean, I think Team LeBron won big time. And, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not breaking news here. Everyone's been talking about the collusion or the rigging that's been going along. Because LeBron literally has every big-name free agent. Kawhi, KD, AD, Kyrie, Clay. I mean, all these guys are free agents. They just happen to be on LeBron's team. And I just feel like when he drafted them, they come into the locker room separately. And LeBron and Rich Paul are just doing, like, Godfather style. Like, we're going <laughs> to give you an offer we, you can't refuse. Here's our plan fit for the Lakers. This is what – this is the – uh, apartment we picked out for you. I think that Giannis picked a crappy team because he wants to carry it. Yeah, I can see that. He's that much of a competitor. He's sabotaging yeah, exactly. the draft. Yeah, exactly. Well, he does, certainly doesn't have any any future in being a GM. See, this is a guy that would this is a guy that would take Zion Williamson third overall. Yeah. <laughs> and say, well, I think RJ Barrett's going. I think John. No, I think John Morant's going to be a better player. Because he just because he just beat Austin P by two points last night. You don't. You're, first of all, it's his team, <laughs> not him. Uh, just because 
Zion, he did have Zion 32, with, 7, and 6, though. With three other top five picks, doesn't mean that he's better than Jaw. But um, I don't think Jaws is a real name. I think that's his nickname, which is a weird nickname. His middle name, what if his middle name was Rule and his name was Ja Rule Morant? God dang it. This is fucking awesome. We need Justin. This is getting out of hand. We need dad here to come fucking keep us, keep us in check. What did you uh, think about the Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons trade? Surprising. I mean, from a not, not surprising because Ben Simmons is LeBron's guy, but I mean, I think you're giving up the better player there. But Ben Simmons probably fits into this a little bit better because LeBron's got some really good guys that create their own shot. I don't know. I, I probably would have kept Russ there. LeBron doesn't want Russ to freeze him out when they're on the court together. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. LeBron's scared to relinquish control, but I'll tell you this. Giannis's team's got all the dogs, though. Joel, Giannis, Russ, Blake Griffin. I think all those dudes, and Kemba, I think all those dudes are bigger competitors than... I mean, God, LeBron's got the softest team of all time when it comes to competitors, aside from himself and D-Wade. I mean... Cat hasn't shown me he's a dog. LaMarcus Aldridge is is beta. James yeah, Harden sure. is beta. Clay Thompson, Kyrie. Kevin Durant's going to switch teams at halftime. Kevin Durant's insecure. Yeah, he's going to be. He's going to switch teams and then defend himself on Twitter with his 500 burners. The only thing more insecure than me in the airport with these black guys is Kevin Durant. <laughs> Dude, it was fucking horrible. Josh boosted my confidence because he told me everyone probably thought I was a UFC fly, uh, fighter. And I, I highly doubt that because I was playing coach on United. So. <laughs> well, you had the two black eyes. Maybe you just weren't a good UFC fighter. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you're getting your ass beat all the time, right? I'm in like the fourth tier, like the farm league's farm league of UFC. Right, exactly. Like $250 in a comp hotel night to fight. To fight. Do you ever see this episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer gets beaten up with a, by like a mob boss with a bat? And they, and they take him to the doctor, and he has so, like his skull is so thick that he can just take the hits and doesn't yeah. do anything. Just stands with his arms out, and that was you. That's what they thought you were. That's exactly right. That is a classic episode. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I do think Team LeBron wins because I don't think Giannis realized how the, how the NBA works. He just has too many big men. He's, like, all big men and point guard and, like, no wings. I got Giannis. I got Team Giannis. So he's got Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, Vucevic, Dirk, and Blake Griffin, which are all big men. That's six big men. And then he has Kimba, Steph, D'Angelo Russell, and Kyle Lowry. Dude, if he needs to go big, he has five five point guards and six big men. He has one (laughs) wing player in Paul George and LeBron James. This league is one with wings. You agree with that? We're we're in a positionless league, baby. These can all play wings. If we need to roll five fives, we'll roll five fives. But I'm team Giannis here. That's cool. Well, you can run five fives, and I'll (laughs) you you can run out Vucevic and let him go guard Kevin Durant. Vucevic isn't touching the floor. Okay, so, give me, so who are your five fives? That brings Dirk into the mix. Yeah, I'm just playing around. Um, so I'm, I'm running Russ at the one, Steph at the two. Um, You're already done. You, you've lost. I'm out of – why? Because I have to – who's Steph guard? Because I'm running LeBron at the one and Harden at the two, and you're giving up five inches and three inches. Story of my life. But <laughs> – <laughs> um, 
No, Russ at the Russ at the one. None of these guys are playing defense, anyways. Like, who cares about defense? It's all about your scoring. team Steph will play more defense. Your your team will play more defense. Dude, Giannis is going to try and win this thing by himself, and Embiid's going to be pissed off. Like, I'm picking I'm picking Team Giannis because your team the cares more. Up. There's no yeah, doubt. Exactly. My team my team is just on a recruiting trip. Your team is running a recruiting trip trip and has people that win championships. Like Giannis, Team Giannis doesn't have any players that win championships. This is all they have. It's a good point. Got to get that MVP. Yeah, I, man, I really – it'll be interesting to see. I don't think LeBron should even be playing. That's just my opinion uh, because of his health. But it, it, we'll see how it goes. I will want to see some defense played in this game. I'm hoping it's more like in the 110s and not the 160s like it got out of control a few years ago. Uh, but I think with the new format, there's a little a little bit more buy-in from the players. Not like they're going to be going 100%, but maybe 80. Yeah, I, I would – I don't understand why – well, the – it's because it doesn't matter. I would, I like, I really like the baseball, um, the baseball yeah. format where the team that wins gets home field. And the, I really like that a lot. And I think it makes people try. Um, 100% agree there should be some kind of incentive involved with this game. Yeah. But then you have to kind of go back to East or West, though. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, as long as you get people that play hard, because I think previously East and West was very, very like, the West was far and away better than the East every single year. I think we're leveling out. The East has gotten enough draft picks where they're picking up people like Embiid, like Giannis. And they're going to bring um, in Zion Williamson, and that's just going to kind of push them over the edge. Yeah, sure. <laughs> God dang it. Well, well, we'll continue the Zion debate for the rest of the year, but that's going to wrap it up for us today, guys. Uh, you guys enjoy the uh, the All-Star game. Go watch the Rising Stars Challenge right now, and uh, we'll get you some Taco Bell so you can enjoy that. <laughs> that uh, skills challenge. I know Josh will. Oh, I will. All right, man. Hopefully, uh, I think Justin will be back with us next week, guys. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Josh, have a good one, man. See you, bud. Later.